All right, drinking with the Jackets fans. Oh, you know what that sound is. That means we're back. We're back. It's been four games, which means we haven't been doing a lot. We've been lazy. And by lazy, I mean we've been busy. Uh, I'm sitting here, the Memphis Magi, with your usual suspect, Chase Randolph. I think you've got some big like life things happening. Yeah, we've been lazy, as Josh said, but been lazy for a good reason. Uh, just recently had a newborn boy, Henry, so haven't been getting a lot of sleep, but I've still definitely managed to carve out time to watch the jackets. So ready to ready to talk some jackets. Yes, and we're here to sacrifice for you. Speaking of sacrifice, Lee Hiles is here, a big sacrifice himself, uh, as he is a graduate of both the Georgia Institute of Technology as well as the University of Georgia. But we are glad to have him here. Hey, Lee, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Cool. Lee, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, how do you know us uh, and uh, your your love or complicated relationship with the Jackets? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I grew up uh, here in Atlanta, um, grew up a Georgia Tech fan. My dad went to Tech. Uh, his dad went to Tech. Uh, his dad was actually a Hall of Fame swimmer at Tech. Um, one point, there was a little like uh, scholarship in his name um, at the school. We got to go on the field, that sort of thing. Um, and then my mom's dad actually went to Tech as well. So uh, fully ingrained in the Georgia Tech lore. So, um, you know, grew up liking college football just through that. My dad always had season tickets. He had tickets next to all of his uh, all of his fraternity brothers, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but when it came time to decide for, uh, for college, I had visited Athens a couple times. And I said, yeah, this is where I'm going. Uh, decided to go to the university of Georgia, had an absolute blast, uh, maybe a little too much fun. Cause I had to, uh, come back, go to business school, get an MBA with, uh, with <laughs> Josh here, which, uh, I'd say we probably had a little too much fun there as well. So, yeah, um, good to be here. Uh, well, there, there are rumors. That you uh, you were in the Athens uh, Athens Banner Herald for uh, an incident. Oh, do you want to get into that story? Um, yeah. Uh, long story short, I uh, I bartended while I was in Athens, um, and I came back early over Christmas break to work one night, and then the next night, I mean, you do what you do in Athens. I went out uh, and came back, and normally you go out, you're probably sleeping in pretty late, uh, around five or six in the morning, I heard a noise. Um, and there was a guy in there with a hoodie on ski mask on, he had taken my TV off the wall. Oh. And, um, so I grabbed the first thing, my hand touch, uh, which happened to be a, uh, old seven wood. Um, and I just, I hit him with it. It snapped over his back. And I was hitting him with like half a club standing there in my boxers. And he's just going, ow, stop, ow, stop. <laughs> and uh, he tried to tell me something. I was just like, dude, get out of my house and call the cops and nothing they could really do. Um, so we had a security system installed. Um, and I got a phone call walking into class one day. And I thought it was like the security guy. And um, I was just going to tell him to let himself in. Turns out it was a reporter from the Athens Banner Herald. So he caught me off guard. And he started asking me questions. He was like, so it was a wood. Was it a wood or an iron? I was like, well, it was a wood. He goes, was it your driver? And I was like, no, nah, it was a seven wood. He goes, well, lucky for him, it wasn't your driver. I was like, lucky for me, it wasn't my driver. I don't use my seven wood. <laughs> like not even thinking about it. And he printed it word for word. And I just felt like <laughs> I just felt so like such an asshole, just like uh, just seeing that in the paper. But um it's been buried, although my coworkers did find it uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's my story. Yeah, luckily it was my seven wood. Man, that's a great statement. And you are lucky it was your seven. I've I've, I've never owned a seven wood in my life. So yeah, apparently it's coming back. I've seen uh, I saw an article the other day. It said some of the pros are starting to use a seven wood again. I mean, it's basically the equivalent of a hybrid, right? So yeah, I heard some people were putting with it or something. Yeah, Josh loves hybrids. Yeah, that's that's about eighty percent of my game. Yeah, he, he, he takes a hybrid from one hundred twenty yards. Whoa, I've changed it, dude. It's about <laughs> one hundred fifty, one hundred fifty to about two tens for the range. Either way, that's an old man game, right there. Yeah. Hey. Speaking of old men, 
watching Georgia Tech football make you an old man. So we'll get into this. Uh, Chase does have a child, so we're going to be time cognizant, as they would say. Uh, so we start off the season. This is Brent Key's inaugural season as a full-time head coach. Uh, made some uh, made some hires over the uh, offseason. We talked about that. Uh, Buster Faulkner, um, Kevin Scherer, uh Jeep Wade. Uh, we got Marco Coleman, legendary guy back. Uh, Tavares Tillman. And uh, who else? We got uh, McKenzie from Vanderbilt, running backs coach. Mm. Norm. Yeah, you're right. And so this is the new season. We started off uh, at Louisville or against Louisville at the Benz. I know, Lee, you were there, so you can chime in. We'll cover it overall. Uh, a tight loss. I know we all watched uh, as it was on Friday night television. Second quarter, uh, got everyone's chub up. Uh, no, no disrespect to Nicholas Chubb, but my chub was up. Uh, 28 points in the second quarter. We saw what Buster Faulkner's offense can do. Uh, Louisville is undefeated right now, so maybe a quality opponent. Uh, then we got to the second half, uh, some some ups and downs with the offense. Third quarter was a complete dud. Fourth quarter, we started to come back alive. Uh, Chase, what do you think about that game? Yeah, I mean, obviously there was a lot to be excited about with the offense. We haven't seen that kind of passing game in a while um and then yeah disappointed in the second half coming out pretty flat i think the biggest thing that stood out to me was just how poorly we were tackling it seemed oh, yeah. like like they, they weren't doing anything too special but they were running these screens and in the open field we just couldn't tackle anybody um yeah and then Let's, yeah i think the worst one was that uh Right after the strip sack of uh, Haynes in the fourth quarter, going in there, they uh, next play was just a what little draw, little halfback draw, and he busted it for like eighty yards. So that was yeah, I think we missed like four tackles on that play. So Lee, yeah. I know you were there, ran into yeah, you at half. I, mean, I was I was impressed with the first half, and then by the uh, by the fourth quarter, my parents were ready to ready to leave, and uh, so were their friends. And uh, we listened to it in the car on the way home. But my takeaway, like, you guys got what? Don Blaylock playing at receiver from UGA. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to see. I mean, him getting some touches. And then um, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, King, the quarterback, that guy, that guy takes – I mean, that guy's tough as nails. Um, he takes a beating every game. And I think uh, he just gets up and fights on for the next play. So those are my two big uh, – two big takeaways. I think the steam just kind of ran out the end of in the second half, you know, big, big game, big stadium, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we fast forward, uh, game two against South Carolina state. Uh, yes, yes, we did. Uh, lightning delay South Carolina state option team, FCS opponent. We did what we do. You beat your FCS opponent by a lot, unless your name is Jeff Collins. And then you lose to them, uh, specifically the Citadel. I didn't have any big takeaways from that game other than we did what we needed to do. Yeah, I would say I didn't really get to watch it because I don't even know if it was on TV uh, and the lightning delay just kind of messed everything up. But the only takeaway that I had was that we actually sent out Aiden Burr to kick some field goals. And Ooh, good call out. We actually made su- successfully made some, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, shout out to uh, Lee Hiles talk uh, or call out earlier. Dominic Blaylock did score his first touchdown that game, so. Shout out. There you go. Uh, Aiden Burr. Yeah. I think after that, he's kind of taken over the job, really. So that is a that is a positive. Lee, I don't know if you watched that game. Probably not. Nope. I watched the Georgia game. Um, <laughs> that, was actually on, that was actually on TV. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't have much good to say about that either. I mean, you know, if we're going to segue to that, uh, they continue to put up points, but I still have still have issues. But I guess you guys will say you don't really have anything to complain about. So. Yeah, that's 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 pretty standard. We would say that, yeah. We would. <laughs> you you pegged us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I think my parents were frustrated they couldn't find it on TV either. So Yeah. That's FCS team. It was on the I think I had it on ESPN plus. All right, third game. Uh I went to the Grove first time. Uh Chase, you've been there. I think, right? I have I have been there. 
Yeah, that was a big controversy. I did run into Chase's parents. We had this debate whether Chase had gone or not. He has. So, if fair, if you're listening to this, decided. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told I told him that I went, but um, yeah, I went. I saw like a random LSU Ole Miss game back 2015 or something, and it was it was freezing cold. Yeah, um, so I I don't feel like I got the true like Grove experience. So I'm kind of kind of jealous I didn't get to go. Yeah. I'll, I will say this, uh, Chase's parents definitely helped my pregnant wife uh, survive the day. So shout out to Mike and Farah. Uh, they did hook us up with a parking pass right by Ole Miss Inn. And then we could walk to the Grove and uh, got her some AC. So uh, lifesavers, great people to tailgate with. Uh, as Trump would say, fantastic people. I love them so much. They're great. <laughs> uh, but very cool experience. Uh, a lot of tech fans that were actually there. Uh Lee, I don't know. Have you been to the Grove? Uh, I unfortunately have not been to the Grove, having been in the SEC. They actually played Georgia our freshman year, and I would have been a pledge, uh, and I was not able to go. But my parents did go to the game this year. Um, so those are some of the Tech fans you're speaking of. And they had a great time. Um, they really enjoyed it. They thought uh, – and they thought uh, Tech didn't embarrass themselves in the game. So um, yeah. I only heard good things coming out of it other than uh, other than a loss there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, number one, fans were very nice, hospitable. Uh, they just wanted us to have a good time, although they didn't want to beat us, which is fair. Uh, I think if you watch the game, uh, tight uh, into the third quarter, fourth quarter, we were only down seven. Uh, some suspect referee calls in a SEC uh, home game, I will say that. However, I mean – Again, Chase mentioned it earlier. Poor tackling. That kind of sinks to you. Uh, Buster called a good game again. Uh, didn't capitalize in the red zone. That's kind of the – the had to kick some field goals, had one blocked. Um, the only call besides that I have is in the student section, they've got this DJ dude. They've got like the what, the band's called the Pride of uh, the South or whatever. It used to be Dixie. Got canceled. Now Pride of the South or whatever. You got this like SEC band. And like you'd think they'd be playing the entire time. No, they've got like DJ Thick Dick on the ones and twos trying to pump up the, the student section. And then it's a seven point game. And like half those kids like already went back to the grave to party more. So I don't know if that's a con Ole Miss. That was just a weird cultural thing. It was kind of cool to see uh, they had Lane Kiffin's son every time they scored a touchdown with like a fire extinguisher blasting stuff off. So that was kind of a cool slash annoying thing. It looked like there was a lot of red out there. Was it a red out, or did they just do that? They uh, they color code their games, which is something kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like uh, West Virginia and like uh, other teams, they'll like tell you what color to wear on the ticket and stuff. Kind of like Tennessee trying to checkerboard, yeah, the, checkerboard the stadium. Yeah, yeah, they do something similar. That's that's my takeaway, Chase. I don't know if you watched the game. Oh yeah, yeah, I watched it. Um, again, it just seems it seems like uh, there's been a few consistent themes from the game so far. I feel like we move the ball really well, and then sometimes we stall in the red zone. Definitely didn't didn't punch in enough down there. Um, and ultimately, the defense just I thought the defense maybe looked worse in this game. I mean, the probably a better opponent than than Louisville, but yeah. Um just really like glaring glaring holes in like linebackers and secondary. A lot of injuries too. Like Miles Brooks has been banged yeah, he's up been all banged year. Up. Shoulder um, bad. I'm trying to think. Yeah, linebacker play was the most suspect. We got our first sack that uh that game. So I think the defensive line played decently overall. Uh but yeah, like you said, kind of just a better opponent. Number seventeen. They did lose to Bama this last week. Uh, which leads us into this week, which was against Wake Forest. And when you're sitting one and two and 0 and 1 in ACC play, you need a damn win. And uh, that's what we got. So, kind of a drizzly day. Uh, fellow uh, drinking with the Jackets uh, guest, uh, Jared Johnson, was in attendance. Uh, it was good to see the Jackets come out with a solid win. What was it? Uh, 30 16. I can't remember this. Yeah, that sounds right. 30 16. 
uh, kind of similar narratives in some sense with the up and down offense. Uh, offense really coming alive in the second quarter. Uh, but then fourth quarter, they maintained, uh, had some good good possessions where in the third quarter we kind of stalled out. Um, biggest thing is we had a lot of turnovers. Yeah, uh, defensive the, line. The thack attack. The thack attack. Uh, DJ Thackdick. Uh, guy, guy dialed up some uh, – some pressure actually looked like uh, a lot more. I think we, you know, I, I saw a few more blitzes than uh, the first few games. Uh, the biggest thing to me was linebacker play was a lot better. Uh, I think uh, if you go to rivals, coach couch, couch coach uh, breaks down some of the uh, linebacker play, which um, they did a good job keeping the slow mesh within the pocket and then just manhandled the crap out of their offensive line, uh, which was positive uh, to see. Um, five turnovers. Is it four? Five? I think it was five. Five turnovers. Yeah, it's a good day. Um, Haynes King. Uh, this was actually his lowest passing game. Uh, all other games, I think he exceeded 300 yards passing. Uh, but besides the interception where he's trying to hit Singleton, uh, pretty good day. Uh, no other things to say from that. Yeah, good no, positive. I saw, I saw Kirk Herb Street put us on one of his top seven teams of the week. And yeah. He put Coach Key as one of his top seven coaches of the week, which, to be honest, I don't know if that's quite deserving. I thought we we got the win. It was a good win on the road. You take it. But I thought it was pretty sloppy there for a little while. But, hey, we'll take it. Speaking of sloppy, I've been not checking the time, and uh, I've got tall boys, so you should be on another beer. Another one. Is- another one. Oh, Yeah. We messed this up. Let's see, we're out of practice. I'm drinking a tiny bomb uh, from Memphis, Tennessee, Wiseacre Brewing Tall Boy. This is an American Pilsner. I only drink American, um, but it's sold at Costco uh, in 32 packs of Tall Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kirkland. I'm Kirkland everything. Lee can tell you I got a Kirkland putter. Chase can tell you I got a Kirkland putter. I'm Kirkland everything. Lee's a big Kirkland guy, too. I, I have the Kirkland putter. Dude, it's great. I, I will say, I think I'm out on the golf balls. Uh, yeah. I played around and did not lose a ball, did not hit it out of play, didn't hit any cart pass, and it scratched on every single hole. Like, not just, like, barely scratched. Like, scratched to where it's going to, like, curve or something when it flies off. So, I think I got to move on to better balls. Is that a three, uh, the, the three-piece urethane one or the old one? The, the newer ones, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You must you must be hitting it either a lot better than me or a lot worse than me. I don't know which to get the b- pretty good. ball looking like that. So I got a friend that that's, pretty good that's, too. That swears by them. I've I don't yeah. know. Hey, probably I, the old ones. The old ones were like what direct copies of the uh, Pro V's. Yeah, but up until like I feel like it was like five six years ago. I mean they've gone through several iterations. I was swearing by them up until like end of summer this year. I'm hitting vices now. Nice. I'm a I douche. Just, I, I just hit whatever I can find when I play at my parents' house. <laughs> oh yeah, your parents got good balls. <laughs> Always find good balls in the in the ravines down there. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Herb Street's leaving his pro V's for Chase to find. <laughs> good guy. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, folks. That brings us into what we're gonna do is look at the next three games. Uh so that'll bring us through seven games. Um first opponent is this weekend, bowling green. Uh, for me, I'll be driving up at uh, 9 a.m. So I will miss Chris Jansen in concert for, what is it? Uh, what do they call this thing? Rectech uh, Parade? What are the heck it's called? Oh, uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, why can't I think of it right now? Party with the Puds. Um, I don't know what the hell they uh, Hell of a block party. Got yes, it. that's it. Hell yeah. of a block party. It's it's uh J Bats rebranding because they gotta like tear down all the edge center and uh Peter's parking deck to to redo everything to make athletics uh good again. Make athletics great again. Um, but they are bringing in country multi-platinum star Chris Jansen for a free concert. So bring your kids, hide your hide your hide your wives, hide your kids. Uh Chris Jansen's gonna have a, a Yeti one ten full of ice cold silver bullets for you. Uh, but against Bowling Green, who played Michigan last week. No, mm. they played they played Ohio. Ohio. Oh, did they play Michigan the 
week before. Yeah, I think they played Michigan the week before. They got blown out both games. So yeah. So uh, here's my thing. Da, 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 da. You need to beat the shit out of them. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, another game where our defensive line should and needs to manhandle their offensive line. Uh, similar game script, I would assume, to the Wake Forest game. Chase, you got anything of that? Uh, yeah, not not a lot. I mean, I just you know kind of hope we can build on win last week and not get too complacent and come out and look flat. So, I mean, I think even yep. if we do look flat, we should still win. But I'd like yep. to just come out there and take care of business. And that would get us out of September with a three and two record, which, in all honesty, is probably what we expected. So that's uh, it's we'll okay. It. We'll yeah, take we'll it. take it. That brings us to the next game, which is against currently ranked number eighteen, my Miami, who's only played Jimbo Fisher. Um, that was kind of a butt whipping. Well, it was back and forth to the three uh, to the fourth quarter uh, with Texas A and M, but I don't think they played anyone else really. No, I don't think so. Um, I haven't seen them play at all. Uh, I saw, yeah, I saw they beat Texas A and M. Um, I they still have they still have Van Dyke at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, Van Dyke. I feel like he's been there for a while, hasn't he? I think he's older than Stetson Bennett. Yeah, that's pretty old. <laughs> so, Lee, Lee's laughing because Stetson Bennett was in his freshman uh, pledge class. So. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I just made that up, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a little, little after my time. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit older than that, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the Blackshear uh, guy. Anyway, but yeah, Van Dyke's been there for a while. I'm trying to think. I don't know if they've been tested really, but it's in Miami. Who the heck knows? Uh, Miami's kind of one of those weird games where we'll either we'll fall asleep drunk at the wheel, uh, like George Jones, and, and crash into like a single wide trailer and lose. Or we'll just Jeffy Collins has beaten Miami, so that's yeah, just says something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, when you have Presley Harvin the third yucking yucking balls and have uh, um, oh shoot, what's his face on uh, ESPN now? Uh, Roddy Jones. No, 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 no. That's after his time. No, who's on game day? Uh, what's his face? Pat McAfee? What are you talking about? Yeah, Pat McAfee had was like showing replays of uh Presley oh, Harbin throwing yeah. bombs, dude. Yeah, that happening to you in your Miami. That's embarrassing. So uh kind of up in the air. Maybe uh I don't know, upset alert. We will be not favored for that game, but we'll call that a toss-up, maybe. Uh yeah, and then I, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna go on the record. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we get that dub. I think we I think we get that win. Oh, whoa. Okay. Get that win. We'd be four and two. Uh, that would put us two and one in ACC play. You heard it here, folks. Uh, if uh, if Chase loses, he has to drink uh, eight <laughs> ounces of formula milk. We'll put it on the we'll put <laughs> we'll put it on the gram for everyone that's, to enjoy. Oh God, that's disgusting. All right. How about this? Actually, I'll do it with you. If because uh, my child is is due November 8th. If Miami, if we don't beat Miami, I'll, I'll chug some formula milk. That's the content people want to see. Maybe, maybe two ounces, not eight. That's a lot. Two ounces. All right. Two ounces. Uh, Lee's been with me in Israel. I'll do anything for a bet. It, he doesn't understand exchange rates. I, I, yeah. <laughs> shekel belt, shek, shekel belt bets. We'd, we'd, we'd say, Josh, we'll give you like three shekels to drink this. And he'd figure out that it's like fifty cents. So it doesn't yeah, matter. I figured that after the fact. It's yeah, really after high. the fact. He doesn't care. No. Yeah, I, I drank off of the, our our party slide during our fantasy football draft like three times. Beer lose it. It was pretty gross. Oh, from, from an Airbnb slide, disgusting. Yeah, that's a lot of hairy butts that got in that slide. <laughs> Josh, you're in your thirties now. It's uh, it's rough. Yeah. 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 I hope my employer doesn't hear this. Anyway. <laughs> uh don't cancel me okay anyway uh next game is uh boston college probably the last game i can go to that's october 21st uh that'll be a debate inside the partridge household if i can go but that's besides the point uh boston college uh besides the only hesitation i have is boston college played florida state again it was in boston college but they played florida state very well 
I will say this. Besides that, they've played like booty hole. Uh, it's in Atlanta. I expect it to be a blowout. Maybe the uh, blowout doesn't occur until the third quarter, but uh, Boston College is not good. They do have a scrambling quarterback, though, which is giving us a little fits. Yeah, and we'll be coming off the bye, so hopefully hopefully that's an easy dub. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hot take. Linebacker play is not exciting me, although Andre White, maybe more time to heal up. He seems to be, uh, in his limited snaps, our best performing linebacker, in my opinion, besides uh, the Notre Dame transfer. Mayo, well, uh, Mola, something. <laughs> yeah. I'll DM and see him how to ask him how to pronounce that. All right. I'll add him. Hey, how do you say this? Uh, but that would bring us to uh four and two or four and one in ACC play, right? No, three and one. Three and one ACC play. And that would be good through seven games. Lee, what do you think? Mm, I like your uh like the optimism optimism. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I haven't been able to watch any of the other Tech games aside from the uh, Louisville game. Um, but, you know, if you guys win those, you'd be looking good. But uh, I'm less optimistic about Miami. That's uh, fair. I think Miami was looking pretty good in the one game I did watch. So That's a fair call. Miami, that's, that's fair. It is fair. Uh, yeah. Let's say we lose the Miami game. Uh, you're still sitting at 3-3 three and three through October 21st, though. Not yeah, bad. So I, I think that we will beat either Miami or UNC. One of the two. That's a good call. Um, Mike Brown is allergic to wins. We all know this. I mean, UNC would probably make more sense because it'd be at home. Um, but we beat them on the road last year. So I, I just think Georgia Tech football always beats somebody they're not supposed to. So I'm thinking it's one of those. I was literally about to say that. There's all like having been a tech fan as a kid and watching my dad still continue it, even though I'm, I'm a Georgia fan. Now tech always wins a game. They shouldn't win. And then they somehow lose a game. They shouldn't have lost at some point in time, like yep. over the course of the season. That's... I feel like, you know, if, uh, if Brent key can, uh, can build, you know, they might be, might be looking better. Yeah. yeah. No, which that's is, fair. Which is why we jump the gun. I think, that we're going to lose to Virginia. Ah, don't say that shit. Uh, God, they're so bad. I know, they're looking they're, bad this year. They're not good. They're not good. But I, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, and uh, the closest Georgia Tech game we could go to consistently was UVA. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour drive. And every time – I went like five times. And every time we were favored to win, like sometimes like double digits, and they would manage to beat us every single time on like some fluky last minute stuff. And it just didn't make any sense. So like, we just don't have good history there. I we feel don't. like, I feel like we'll probably be coming in, you know, somewhat too confident. And they I beat know. us last year, dude. That's just the one I'm, I'm most worried about. Like falling flat for that. That's, one. That game last year was the worst coach coaching job. I've seen key probably do. Although we did lose Zach Pyron in the game. Because yeah, yeah, we lost. Yeah, we lost it was, the quarterback. Yeah, it it was sloppy. Still, uh, you know, you're bowl eligible if you win that game. But yeah, yeah, there's your, there's your trip on yourself. Uh, call of the day. All I right. hope I hope that's not the case. But yeah, same, same. Well, guys, we've uh, we've divulged. We walked down the next three games. Looks good. Uh, we will be on the flats. Uh, this Saturday. Uh, come find me. I did have some. Uh, did have some people marvel at my drinking with the jackets hat. It's a beautiful hat, as they say. Uh, I will post a link. You can buy some. Uh, excess money will be going to the Techway. Or was it Techway NIL? It is. Yeah, we'll be donating uh, any uh, profits to the Techway NIL. It is a branded bill dry fit hat. So very delicious, very scrumptious. It's great. Um, yeah, it's very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We'd like to thank uh, the PLGA, uh, that is the Professional Losers Golf Association of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, my golf league, for uh, funding most of that. So, appreciate you guys. Shout out to to the PLGA. Yeah, I am currently fourth. That's depressing. Anyway, (laughs) Um, 
Lee, we asked you here specifically not only to talk a little bit about Louisville game, talk about your childhood, talk about you hitting somebody um, with a seven iron or seven wood in the back. We talked, we came to you specifically to talk about something Georgia Tech related, and that is uh, also related to Brent Key himself. That's Georgia Leary. Um, for those fans that are younger, we're about to dive back into the past. Um not too far back, but into the late 90s, uh, back when Tech was a powerhouse, actually. Uh, ran, uh, was it Jim Donnan? Guy couldn't beat Tech at UGA. Uh, Kirby Smart was on those teams. They had a black stripe on their helmets. Looked ugly. Uh, that's a call out. Uh, there's a guy named Joe Ham played uh, for the Jackets. Won an ACC title. Uh, second in the Heisman voting. A lot of good things were happening under his helm. Uh, he also uh, was under... Bobby Ross's staff uh, for that famous 1990 national championship, uh, which I was alive for uh, by 12 hours. So great success <laughs> can still claim that I've been alive for one national title. At was it, was uh, it, the, was it the same day or, or the next day that you're next born? day, next day, next oh, day. Oh man, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. Destined from the football gods, but no, no. Uh, <clears throat> you're here to talk about Georgia Leary. That's right. We're here, we're here to listen. And, and look at the conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> what happened? What? What? Number one, give us like the background. Give us the lowdown on who Georgia Leary yeah. was and the whole thing. So let's back this up a little bit. You know, like I said, Georgia fan now, but uh, like you, Josh, I was born the same year that Georgia Tech last won its national championship, and you know, uh, let's call it 1990. Georgia Tech wins the national championship. Georgia Leary was a D coordinator. Bobby Ross went on for greener pastures, goes to the NFL. So Georgia Tech hires Bill Lewis. Uh, normal course of business. That's that's just kind of what happens. Uh, so Bill yep. Lewis goes sub 500 in his tenure at Georgia Tech. He went 11 and 19. Uh, he's fired in 1994. And Georgia Tech wants to get back to some success. So they hire none other than George O'Leary. Um, fast forward a few years. I After do want to call out. Yeah, Didn't go ahead. he uh, he did hire Ralph the Fridge Friesian. Yes, who was also his offensive oh, coordinator yeah. back in the ninety tight back in the ninety title. I've got William Bell framed over here, so I'm a I'm a big homer. Uh, but yeah, good call out. Friesian went on to coach Maryland, mm -hmm. and Maryland was an ACC school up until a bunch of the realignment. I think they were the first one to jump ship. They were. Yep. From the ACC to the Big Ten. Huge mistake. Huge. Huge. Um, but so if you continue, by 1998, Tech goes 10 and 2, 10 win season, first time in seven years. Uh, they play Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. And if you think about it, Notre Dame probably took note. Um, and some notable players during the 1998 to 2000 rosters. Tech had more success, I think, in 1998. So 1998, it's 10 and two. Uh, I can't remember the records in 1999, 2000, 2001. Tech actually went seven and five. But bringing back to success, notable players in that era: Joe Hamilton, Kelly mm. Campbell, mm. Des White, Joe Burns, George Godsey, Luke Manjay, who I think had the kicking record at Tech up until um, Butker. Uh, Tavares Tillman, John Paul Fasci, Tavares Felipe, Tillman. Felipe Claybrooks, Kelly Rhino, Brad Honeycutt, Nat Dorsey, PJ Daniels, and Brent Key, as you mentioned earlier. Um, G Georgia Tech would beat Georgia three years in a row, like you mentioned, with Jim Donnan. At the as coach, and I remember my dad ran into George Godsey in the outback in Atlanta, which the outback in Buckhead, where the Super Rica used to be, was mm. like the place to be. Um, he signed a coaster that said three strikes and you're out and gave it to me. So, um, at Outback cool. Steakhouse, at Outback Steakhouse, yep, the goose. I've got it somewhere, I can't remember where it is, but uh, it's somewhere. Um, in 2000, O'Leary wins ACC Coach of the Year, um, and he gets hired by Notre Dame after a mediocre, uh, mediocre season, but success at Georgia Tech. And that was the first year that Georgia hired Mark Richt, 
and Georgia, they lost, Tech lost to Georgia that year. Um, so that's, you know, he beats Georgia three in a row. Donna gets fired, and that started the Mark Richt era. Um, but now is where you get into the scandal. Uh, so in 2001, when he gets hired by Notre Dame, um, a reporter does some digging. They wanted to run a story on him. Uh, they wanted to see, just get his background. I mean, Notre Dame's a big hire. That's like a dream job for a lot of coaches. Uh, they discovered that he had never earned letters at the school in which he played football. Um, and that his master's degree on his resume was from a school that didn't exist. His last Um, name was O'Leary too. So that's Irish. And that is Irish. Yep. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, he basically like, he was the master's, uh, it was NYU Stony Brook. I don't know what the master's degree was. I'd have to shout out Wikipedia for uh, a lot of this information. (laughs) Um, I'd have to go back to it, but, um, he put this on there in like 1968 or 1970 or something like that. I mean, you think about it, it's like the, the fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like, I think he just wanted a coaching job, right. And fakes the resume and they're not verifying that back then. And then basically he just didn't, hasn't changed it since then. It just left the stuff. So he was just lazy the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but like. That begs the question, like, I mean, he obviously was a successful coach, obviously a good coach. Does the resume matter, or are you trying to teach the kids, like, not to lie or something like that? Um, I would say, I would say, number one, crack another beer. Another one. I think if you're in major football at that point, it's, I don't think it really matters, right? Like, I mean, number one, bonehead on him. Fix your resume, but like, yeah, I, I we're gonna walk down. But Notre Dame's got this yeah. holier than thou type like mentality, yeah, so that's, that's probably that's, what rubbing the wrong that's way. The thing, yeah, that that can't fly at Notre Dame. There's a t- there's touchdown Jesus, you know, overlooking the damn stadium. That's but, that's no, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought the story up though, because I I mean I remember that happening and just being like, so like I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, does does your does your coaching on the field like outweigh that from what twenty thirty years ago? I I don't know. I mean, um, if you're if you, Auburn, if you think about the likes of if you're Auburn, yes. If you're <laughs> Bobby Petrino, apparently, yes. Yeah. If you're Texas A and M, if yeah, you're Texas A and M, yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens all the time now, you know. That I'm about of... to say, you had, you've got, uh, speaking, I mean, Texas A&M played Auburn this week. Uh, you had Bobby Trino on one side, and you had Hugh Freeze on the other, you know. Like, how many strippers were there? Like, I, I, I want to know, like, in the stands. I mean, I, I mean, that's not to mention, like, Urban Meyer oh, and yeah. everything Jeez. at Florida. Yeah, don't watch the Netflix documentary. I mean, to, to, I mean, and I think like, and I think O'Leary genuinely felt bad about this. Like, I think he just completely like didn't even think about it. I mean, he's like straight up football guy, like just not even thinking about like this stupid piece of paper, not to side with lying on the resume, but like, yeah. I just think he, that was his mentality. Like I'm, I'm just a football coach. That's what I'm doing now. That's like, what I've been doing. For the and last he was also up a little bit older in age too like he was yeah. like, in his, like what 50s 60s yeah so it's not like does, he gives a crap does he not have an agent though like that's i mean that's a good question i you know that's something i didn't look into that's something i didn't know but like he i mean they found out that he didn't let her and he offered to resign and notre dame said no and then when they found out that he made up his master's degree at a school that didn't exist that's when they were like okay dude you gotta resign mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. and yeah, that I never really had this much of a retrospective about that moment until now. But that really it's, did that really did like send us into a dark, dark era. <laughs> we got what Chan Chan Gailey next. Yep, yep. I mean, the um, only good, the only good thing that happened after that for a little while was Calvin. Yep, and then until Paul came along, it um. And I, you know, it's one of those things I think people just kind of forget, right? Um, I just happened to be traveling for work. I was in my hotel room and it was like the end of college football season last year. 
and there was, you know, the coaching carousel was going on, coach was getting fired. And I, my thought was, man, like how much did George O'Leary not getting hired at Notre Dame, like change? Mm. Um, like how much, how much did that affect? And like you mentioned, you know, tech gets Chan Gailey, you go into the Calvin Johnson years, which as you know, a kid watching, you know, as a teenage kid growing up, what, like that's your prime football watching years, like going into high school and stuff. That was awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. watching a, watching a physical, physical freak like that guy was, was amazing only to have Reggie ball throwing him the ball. I know. I was going to say, we know how we talked about winning games that we shouldn't win and then losing games we should. That was the definition of the Chan Gailey era. Yeah. It was beating Miami on prime time, top five Miami, to losing to like pff, NC State or somebody stupid like that. Well, I remember specifically it was like eight win seasons for a yep. little while, like seven or eight win seasons seven, for a little while. Yeah, seven. And I feel 75. like word for word, someone just said, I guess we're like, I think we're just satisfied with mediocrity. Like that's what that's what it's going to be. Um, And they just and they just stuck with it till I think, you know, the the alumni had had enough. Oh, 100 percent. You know what's embarrassing for seven wins? What's embarrassing? Well, yeah, we would now. What's embarrassing is like, you know, losing to Wake Forest, let's say like a ACC championship with Calvin Johnson on your roster. Yeah, that's what we did. Oh yeah, and that was the, the final score was like nine to three or something. Yeah, nine to three, and then we lost to West Virginia in the Gator Bowl. It was a pretty but, rainy game, if I yeah, remember correctly. It was. It was. My parents went. We were in Pennsylvania at the time. They flew down to Jacksonville for that. They're like, that was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Rain pouring. All my cars are foreign, but still, you need to. You can't lose to Wake Forest. This is before Dave Clawson's. Probably is it even Jim Grove that's a coach? Maybe Jim Grove. Like, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Embarrassing. Anyway, yeah, you're well, right. Then you get Paul Johnson and completely changes everything. You get triple option, which I think, you know, people forget that like tech was not always a triple option school. It's not like a Navy yeah. or something like that. That was always a triple option school. Like Paul Johnson is the tech triple option. And for better or worse, like ups and downs, it was, it was successful. But, uh, you know, I'll put that as a, check one of the reasons i did not i'm glad i didn't go to tech oh. undergrad because uh i didn't have to watch the triple option for four straight years sorry guys but um it's even a, though that, that's a hotly contested thing even within tech circles because he did bring us some good highs it's true the highs but were high the highs beat, were high beat dan mullen and dak prescott in the orange bowl beat yep. uh beat kirby smart beat mark rick a few yep. times be I think beat Mark Rick once. Twice. Like one is twice. Oh right. nine twice. and then fourteen. Uh that's right. The the uh the Butker like what fifty three yard kick. Oh yeah. After the intense. after the Mark Rick onside. Or whatever oh, it was the squib kick. It was, it was squib a squib. Kick. It was a yeah. squib kick. Yeah. It's a squib I, kick. I vomited all over Silver Dollar's bar that day. It was good. <laughs> I uh I think that is what did Mark Richt in. I think that was the the beginning of the end of his era because he he coached the next season and then he was and then he was gone and then we ushered in the Kirby Smart era era right thereafter. That's fair. Ironic. Well, that's another topic for another day. Anyway, I was going to bring up uh, Mike Bobo, but you know, we'll, we'll... you don't don't get me started. Just <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Don't so, get me started. So 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 that's the tech side, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, indirectly, we just mentioned the Georgia side. Like, he beat Jim Don in three years in a row. You get Mark Rick. You get Kirby Smart. That's that's an indirect side. But you've got direct connections, like, around the league. So, just specifically going back to O'Leary, O'Leary, like, he bounces around for a little bit. I think he went to the Vikings at one point in time. But he ends up at UCF. And UCF is actually the biggest, like, student body school in Florida. Like right. of all of all of them, but it's still Drive through you. Yeah, it's still not, you know, it's not a SEC school it's not an ACC school, but like he built that program like he built it into what it ultimately became, um, which was a program that claimed a fake national championship after beating an injured Auburn in the Peach Bowl in 2017. Um, and was he you know, still because he coached Blake? No, Bortles. no, he was he, he did coach Blake Bortles. 
He was not the coach at the time, but I mean, that it program was Scott was, Frost. Yeah. Scott yeah. Frost, who let's talk about that for a second. Scott Frost success. There goes to Nebraska. No success there. Right. Matt rule after that. No success. there. So because George O'Leary built UCF into a program worth Scott Frost coming to worth the notoriety, Matt rule now coaches at Nebraska. And after beating Auburn in that peach bowl, Gus Malzahn is now the coach at UCF. Yes, that's actually true. Yes. Yeah. Fact. Fact. Um, Key was actually, Brent Key was actually on that UCF staff too. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of a weird circle that happens there. And he was athletic director at UCF for a couple years. So like he had, right. you know, I think had he stayed in Notre Dame, like what could have been, um, from that perspective, because obviously he's good at what he does. Right. Well, wait, wait. So after, and this is correct me, this is me going off head. So he doesn't get the Notre Dame job. Notre Dame has to backpedal, right? They go do yeah. what? Tyrone Willingham, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tyrone Willingham, who they pull from Stanford. Um, Stanford goes, I mean, Stanford's a short one. So Stanford hires a couple people. Ultimately, Stanford ends up hiring Jim Harbaugh, uh, who leaves Stanford for the NFL after success there, and now he's the coach of Michigan. Mm. Um, but then Notre Dame, I think Tyrone Willingham, like he didn't do very well at Notre Dame. Um, I think he, he had all losing seasons, right? Like yeah, something like that. Um, but Tyrone Willingham, he goes to Washington for a couple years after that. Um, doesn't have that much success there. Eventually gets fired. He had but... a, he had an zero and twelve season, and I remember on college game day they did a special with him about how they drank chocolate milk after their practices, and that was their protein. And I remember being like a thirteen year old kid going, "That's the stupidest shit I've ever freaking heard in my life." Wasn't there a Kyrie Irving chocolate milk commercial? I feel like there was like a probably Kyrie like Irving chocolate. also thinks the world's flat. So uh, yeah, so there know. you go. Um. Well, Willingham, after that, basically retires from coaching and serves on the college football playoff committee. Um, Yeah. So if he doesn't go to Notre Dame, does he serve on the college football playoff committee? No, he was a no-name. He's awful. There you go. Huh. So who does Washington hire next? Steve Sarkeesian. Mm. Um, He has success there. Um, ends up, he had been at USC before, uh, ends up going back to USC. Um, Washington hires Chris Peterson from Boise after Boise had had plenty of success. I mean, I think he was, you know, the famous, uh, statue of Liberty fake, uh, extra two point conversion game. I think he was the coach when yep. they beat Oklahoma for that. Um, I mean, that's a big hire for Washington. Um, but anyway, Sark leaves for USC and then you get Sark after dark. Um, and Sark gets fired, uh, from USC. He, he goes to the Island of misfit coaches in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, then gets hired as the O coordinator of the Falcons. Um, and then actually goes back to Bama before he becomes the head coach of Texas. Now who beat Bama this year (laughs) after losing them, after losing to them by one point comes full circle. Comes Jeez. full circle. USC then hires Clay Helton after that. Um, and then hires Rink- Lincoln Riley, uh, who leads Clay Helton's at George Southern now, too, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe yes. you're right. That, that's okay. George O'Leary effect. Moving, yeah. moving people around. Oklahoma hires Brent Venables from Clemson. You see how Clemson's doing this year. Mm. Yeah, that's a. That's a question for another day. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lincoln, whose brother, Lincoln's brother, is the offensive coordinator at Clemson. So, even more big brain things right there. Was it uh, Garrett Riley? Keep, let's just keep connecting this spider web. All right. Yes, I love it. Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories left and right. Um, so after Tyrone Willingham, Notre Dame hires the big man Charlie Weiss. Um, who stays there for a little while also does not have success. So I think Tech went into a little bit of a dark circle. 
as a result of George O'Leary leaving. But Notre Dame also went into mm. a little bit of a dark area after after George O'Leary leaving. Um, so after Charlie Weiss, you obviously get Brian Kelly. Yeah. Um, was, and I'm trying to think. So Charlie Weiss had like – I know he had like a few – Decent seasons with uh, what's his face? Uh, Jimmy Clausen, yeah, Jimmy Clausen was the one before that. Brady, oh, Brady uh, Quinn, Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn, that was the one. Like, they never at the BCS, like, uh, kind of like the kid on homecoming night with his date that you know they're kind of friends and he tries to kiss her, she doesn't want to kiss him. That's the BCS championship, uh, and then he just like lost it. I think he like. Saw Mark Mangina's fupa, saw that it was much bigger than his, and like couldn't handle it or something. Uh, but he, I, I think I got close, but like just never close enough, maybe, right? Yeah, I think he was, you know, a maybe a better Chan Gailey, just the epitome of yes. mediocrity. Um, yeah. never and Chan quite... Gailey also shot on him once too up in South Bend, so that's good. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and never, never quite got it together. Uh, so, uh, this is my favorite full circle here. So Charlie Weiss mm. leaves to go to, he bounces around for a little bit, I think, but he ends up at Kansas. Kansas is like historically one of the worst, you know, power five football schools, like in general, and maybe he can bring it back, but, um, he doesn't have much success there either. I think he ends up leaving um, LSU after winning nas- a national title with Les Miles at, at one point in time uh, ends up firing Les Miles. I think he took a year off, but Les Miles ends up going to Kansas. Hmm. LSU hires Coach O, wins a natty with Coach O, uh, ends up firing him. And who do they hire after that? Sure. They end up hiring Brian Kelly hmm. from Notre Dame. Hmm. So that came full circle as well. Mm. Mm. I hate I Brian Kelly with the passion. Talk is a joy. It's been ridiculous. Uh oh. Chase is watching too much porn or something. What we'll did the porn part out? But anyway. he's on mute. He's on mute. Anyway, yeah, that's another thing. So I don't even think we talked about the fridge getting. You know, when when uh, uh, O'Leary leaves, right? Fridge Fridge leaves for Maryland, and then they can him for some asinine reason, and they've sucked ass. They, I mean, I don't think since. you ever hear you haven't heard about Maryland football ever since. Like, I think the last reference to Maryland football is probably Wedding Crashers, like I was crab cakes and football. football. That's what yeah. Maryland does. I don't think Maryland does football anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides, uh, what's his face? It was uh who was the def- it was the Alabama guy that's gone there. He's got uh two of his half you know two of his brother who stinks. Uh, Tay Loyola. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah no, I-, I think you're right. That's a that's another uh, domino that's fallen from the uh, O'Leary tree. So big podcast for big coaches: Freegan, Weiss. Mm, yeah, those are really big people. Uh, uh, Mark Mangino, did you? So Weiss coached at Kansas. Mark Mangino was at Kansas before. Maybe Kansas has a fetish for guys with bigger fupas than you see at a normal Walmart. I mean, maybe they keep their coaching knowledge in there. (laughs) Chase is rubbing his head like this is ridiculous. (laughs) We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, um. Uh, there's a couple more on here, and then that's as far as I've taken it. I mean, you can you can take this as as far as you want it from like some of these smaller hires. Yeah. Um, but like for instance, Brian Kelly left Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. Mm. Um, the the some of the coaches at Cincinnati hired since then. All right, so they hired Senator now Senator Tommy Tuberville <laughs> uh, after he left Auburn. Uh, Butch Jones was coaching at Cincinnati before he went to Tennessee and Butch Jones did not do great at Tennessee. I think he did beat Georgia at least once. Um, but now Tennessee's got Josh Heupel, uh, and then who was at UCF, who was at UCF before, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's another full circle one. 
and then Luke Fickle actually had pretty good success at Cincinnati, and Luke Fickle's now coaching at Wisconsin. So you've got people moving on from these smaller programs to bigger programs. Um, and then the one that's – I wouldn't call it as direct, um, but it's rumored in both occasions that, like, after Notre Dame had to fire O'Leary for lying on his resume, they wanted Urban Meyer, but they – like, he was taken – and then the second time around, Urban Meyer was just starting to build at, at Florida. I think around the time they wanted to hire Brian Kelly. I can't remember if it was Weiss or Kelly, but they wanted to hire Urban Meyer around then. I mean, mm. I think Urban Meyer mentioned he's a devout Catholic, Catholic and it's uh, his dream <laughs> job to go there. Um, and we've all seen how that that has played out, especially, you know, when he's grabbing, grabbing butts bar. and bars and uh, has half a team that went to prison. But anyway, um, not on the Netflix special. And, you know, with Urban Meyer has great success at Florida. No question at, no question about it. But when he, I don't know, faked his health issues and decided to leave, Florida has had, and I didn't even realize they had as many coaches of the, as they've had. They've had a host of coaches. So it was Muschamp, Durkin, mm. Jim McElwain, our Durkin. favorite. Yeah, our favorite uh, shark, uh, favorite shark lover. Um, Dan Mullen, uh, the redneck nerd. Um, and then, uh, Dan Mullen left Mississippi state to go to, uh, Florida Yeah. and Mississippi state hired Mark, Le Mike Leach, which Mike Leach, one of the greatest minds in college football, rest in peace. If you haven't seen his YouTube clips, uh, my favorite one is Mike Leach on marriage. Um, it's hilarious, but I think that brings us to all the connections, at least at least the direct ones that I could dig up. I mean, I think, you know, we're in 2023. George O'Leary lied on his resume in 1968, 1970, something like that. Got hired and fired by Notre Dame in 2001. And this is still like having an effect on the coaches that are sitting like in their positions today. It is wild. <laughs> And nobody's talking about it. Oh, and I forgot to mention. So the year UCF claimed its fake national title, you know who they were supposed to play that year and canceled the game? Yep. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Johnson. Because it, wasn't it a storm or something? Yeah, it was a storm. It Tech. was a hurricane. They yeah. didn't want the smoke. They offered to play it at Bobby Dodd. They said no. Yeah. And to be fair, like, they were probably, UCF was probably going to win that game. No, fake news. But playing the triple, having to prepare for the triple, the triple option, option. Yeah. can screw you up in other weeks. Yeah. So it could have been a completely different season. So, like, it's Ooh. still the whole thing is still like affecting college football today. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe I think about it more often than I should uh, when I'm not thinking about Georgia football. So, like your Roman Empire analogy, the Roman oh. Empire analogy, yeah. <laughs> It, we'll call it the O'Leary Empire. Uh, that was actually – that's a lot of arms, actually, if you think about it. That's a lot of arms from Tyrone Willingham, who's a direct impact. The fact that that guy never – I don't think that guy won more than three games in his life. That's incredible. You you sunk multiple programs from that. That's 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 wild. Um, yeah. That's that, you can keep getting into the indirect stuff. You know, the stuff you, we don't know that it's affected is like Alabama's reign, Alabama's dynasty. Like the only thing you can say is like how different would Notre Dame football have been? Like would they have been good enough to hang tight with the 2004 USC team in that rivalry? Mm. Um, would they have been good enough to, to play for a national title earlier than they played for it? I mean, we'll never know. Um, but it's it hadn't affected Nick Saban, um, as far as I can tell, other than you know a couple coaches serving on his his island of misfit coaches every time they get fired from somewhere else. But um, you know it's affecting a good bit of college football. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah, yeah. I buy it. I buy it. Okay, folks, you heard it here. George O'Leary, most impactful college football coach. In history, period, and never, never forget the days too. When he beating Georgia was just something that we did. That was that was what George did. Yeah, 
Yeah, I never seen my uncle so mad in Sanford Stadium than watching us trounce Georgia. And I mean, it was like I can't remember. It was, like it was 99 season. And my uncle was just living the entire time. I'm laughing at him. He hasn't been living really since. As a as a tech fan at the time, I think it was great. Uh, I know there was I can't remember which year it was. There was a very controversial non fumble non fumble uh, in one of the games. And I think if we had re- had replay at that time, I think uh, the outcome would have been different. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, Lee, thanks for sharing not only the conspiracy theory, the ripple effects, the uh, hegemony of Georgia Leader, but also commenting on some of the games that you actually watched this year of Tech. Uh, Chase, I mean, do you have anything else? No, yeah, I appreciate it, Lee. It's always good to get some outside perspective because, you know, we like to get a little lost in our world of, of jacket nation. Um, so thank you for, for joining us and, and taking us down memory lane. Yeah. And uh, no problem. Out of respect for you guys, I almost wore a Georgia hat on here, but I decided uh, decided against that. So Masters yeah. hat looks a lot better on you. Yeah. 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 With that, folks, uh, we'll come back. We promise to be a little bit more regular. Uh, we have another child. Maybe that will bring another national title. Not this year. But that being said, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for drinking beer. Go Jackets. Mm-hmm.